He is risen. He is risen. All right, very good. I'm trying to get you a thing. It's like Easter again. Um, today will be nothing like the last two weeks. Okay, today's message will not be sad or weighty or heavy at all. Somebody say amen. Okay, because of the subject matter of chapter 24. It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Son of Man. It doesn't get any better than that. There's nothing more joyful than that. There's nothing more reassuring and hopeful than the good news of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He is risen. Amen. Amen. Two weeks ago, chapter 23 was full of sadness, betrayal, and denial. And last week, it was the trials of Jesus, the sufferings of Jesus, the crucifixion, death, and burial of Jesus. But this week is going to be different. This week has that surprise twist ending for the disciples of Jesus that they just did not see coming. They should have, but they didn't. It was a wonderful surprise. It was a victorious conclusion to the gospel of Luke and the life of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus Christ. Luke faithfully recorded his account of the resurrection for us, the resurrection of Jesus, and the events surrounding it and following it. So today is going to feel a lot like Easter. Okay? It's kind of Easter in September, right? You've heard of Christmas in July, right? Well, this is Easter in September. It's the resurrection of Jesus, and it doesn't get better. He is risen. Try it again. You guys are not... You're not, you're not really jumping in there. I need some excitement, right? He is risen. That's what I'm talking about. I know it's September, but please, please. Okay. okay, last week we left off with the women following Joseph of Arimathea to the tomb to see where the body would be laid. They needed to know. And then they went back to prepare spices and perfumes for the embalming of the body. And they had to do that in the afternoon because the Sabbath would begin it's sundown, so they rested Friday night, all day Saturday, and Saturday night on the Sabbath. So I want you to listen as I read verses 1 through 12 of chapter 24. It says, But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said this. They said to them, why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. And they returned from the tomb and reported all these things to the eleven and all the rest. There were many other disciples, not just the eleven. Now they were Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary the mother of James, also other women with them, telling these things to the apostles. All the women were telling them what they had found. 
But these words appeared to them as nonsense, and they would not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen wrappings only, no body, only the linen wrappings. And he went away to his home, marveling at what had happened. Would you pray with me? Lord, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight today, Lord. May these words of Scripture fall upon our ears and our understanding and bring hope to us. Bring the hope of the resurrection to us as we, as we remember and, and may you bring faith to us to trust in you as the resurrection and the life. Holy Spirit, give us ears to hear what you're saying to your church, to us individually and to us as a body of believers, as the church in the world. We pray in your name, Jesus, and all God's people said, amen. So a few observations. But first of all, this morning I forgot my Bible. Did you know that? Um, I forgot my Bible, and I'm coming down 441, and I pull off, go into Fruitland Park, and I look over the passenger seat, and I've got this, but I don't got this. And so I stopped, pulled over, looked around. I thought it slid down by the door when I ran around the corner. Nope. So I turned around started heading back. No, I can't do that. My wife. I called Sandy. Where's Sandy? Sandy saved the day. She brought my Bible. Say, thank you, Sandy. Now, I have lots of Bibles, but this is the big print version. You can probably read it from back there, Chris. You can probably. So that's why she, she saved me. But a few observations that I have about the text that I just read. First of all, it's the first day of the week, Sunday. But it's the third day after the crucifixion, which lines up with prophecy, Hosea, the book of Jonah, and all the times that Jesus has been telling them that all along, all along. The second observation is the women are the first ones to the tomb, and it's empty. The tomb was empty, but it was full of something. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. The tomb was empty. All four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, record that the women are the first to the tomb and the first to report to the disciples. Matthew and John also say the women were actually the first to see Jesus, the risen Christ. And this is significant in my mind. Because if someone were writing this story and trying to convince people that Jesus really rose from the dead, they probably would not have written it this way. You heard me. I pointed this out on Easter, if you were here at Easter. At that time in history, in the nation of Israel, women were not considered to be a reliable witness. So they, they probably, if they're making this up even, they, they would not write it that way. So why would the gospel writers have written that in, that the women were the first witnesses of the resurrection? Well, probably because that's the way it happened, right? That's the way it happened. The women were there. It happened exactly as Luke said and as the other writers say. The women, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, John also mentions someone called Siloam who was there, and all of the other women. They were the first to discover the empty tomb of Jesus. And while they were there, these men, which later it calls them angels, angels in, in the Greek, angelos, just means messengers. You know, we always think of wings, and they may have wings, but they're messengers. And this was their message. They said, why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember, don't you remember what he told you? The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. My third observation is the unbelief of the disciples, the 11 
and all the other ones that they say were there and all of them. Verse 11 says this, these words appeared to them as nonsense and they would not believe them. So that's what it says. They didn't believe the women. John Blake translation, they were kind of like, you got to be kidding me. Don't be ridiculous. We were there Friday. We watched him die. What do you mean he's alive? He's not alive. We watched him die. Ah, but Peter, Peter was a little bit different. Okay, it says, Peter got up and he ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen wrappings only, only. And he went away to his home, marveling at what had happened. You see, what I think Peter was experiencing there was hope. Hope. Resurrection. Hope. He wasn't sure, but he's like, I hope it's true. I hope the women are right. I hope... I hope Jesus is alive because I denied him three times and this is my chance to make it up. Peter, I think, started feeling resurrection hope. In Luke's gospel, the next scene is two disciples on the road to a small village called Emmaus, which is about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they had a close encounter of the Jesus kind. It was an amazing surprise revelation that they did not see coming. It was an encounter of the Jesus kind. I used to work with David Pruitt. I don't know if David is here this morning, but David and I worked together for six years at New Life Presbyterian Church doing youth ministry. He was the assistant youth director, then became the youth director, and I was the youth pastor, and we spent a lot of time together for six years. I call it the Davidic era, the era of David. There were six, six years there that we worked together. But David and I had this kind of weird thing that we did, okay? We liked to surprise each other. And by surprise each other, I mean, like, scare each other to death, okay? We would hide and jump out and do these. It was just a thing that David, David and I used to do. Um, one time I hid in the closet in his office and then jumped out, ah! you know, and it was great. But David, I have to say, he had the big one. He had the win. This was the best one ever. One morning I come into my office, okay, and I, I walk into my office. And I didn't even turn the lights on yet. I had a skylight. Over my, over my desk, so there's dim lighting in there. I come in, I put my books down, I go over and here's my desk and I'm just kind of standing there up against my desk and uh, about to make, okay, what am I gonna do today? And I sit down in my chair. Well, guess where David is? Under my desk. Lying in wait for me. Like a, like a what is it, trapdoor spider or something? He's under my desk and I don't know he's there and he just waits for the perfect moment. And then he grabs my legs and screams as loud as he can, as loud as he can. Of course, I jumped up, almost breaking my desk and almost breaking my legs, right? And screaming, screaming, probably screaming like a girl, no offense, ladies. I was just, he scared me so bad. And what is David doing? Laughing. I don't know how long he laughed, but he was doubled over in laughter. He could not stop because it was just the best. Okay, that was a close encounter of the David kind. Okay, that was a close encounter of the David kind. This surprise is similar to that, but different. Okay, it was startling, true. It was a revelation, true. But this was a close encounter of the Jesus kind. Okay, so listen as I read verses 13 through 32. It says, and behold, this is right after uh, Peter went to the tomb. He says, and behold, two of them were going that very day, resurrection day, to a village named Emmaus, 
which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all the things which had taken place. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. So he's, he's walking with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. Now, I don't know how he did that. I don't know how God did that. But for some reason, it was, it was, it was like they, they, they didn't recognize him. And he said to them, what are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking? And they stood still looking sad. Why would they do that? Well, because they watched Jesus die. This person that they had been following for a long time. For a long time. He says they just stood still. They were, they were devastated by what they had been through. Okay? So one of them named Cleopas answered and said to him, are you, are you the one, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? And then he said to them, what things? Talk about your leading questions, right? What things? And that was Cleopas. Some, uh, Cleopas, it's thought that he was the person who became actually the second leader of the church in Jerusalem after James was martyred and was put to death with the sword, that it was Cleopas. Maybe this was that same Cleopas. We don't know, but that's, it's speculation. So Jesus says, what things? And they said to him, and then they went through it, the things about Jesus, the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word and in the sight of God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to a sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. In other words, we were hoping he was the Messiah, the promised one, which he was. Indeed, besides all this, it is the third day since this happened, but also some women, as, like as if that wasn't bad enough, he says, some women among us amazed us when they were at the tomb early in the morning, that's, that's that morning, and did not find his body, and came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, or messengers, right, who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women had said. So it wasn't, I guess Peter wasn't the only one that went, but some of them went as well. But him they did not see. The tomb was empty, ah, but it was full. It was full of something. And he said to them, O foolish men and slow, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets had spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer all these things to enter his glory? Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself. This is Jesus explaining to them as they're walking in all the scriptures. And they approached the village uh, where they were going, and he acted, Jesus acted as if he was going to go on further. But they urged him, saying, oh, stay, stay with us, for it's getting toward evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went to stay with them. He went in to the house and to stay with them. And when they had reclined at the table, when he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and breaking it. And he began giving it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. In the breaking of the bread, their eyes were opened as he prayed over it, as he blessed it and broke it. Their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished. As soon as they recognized him, he vanished from their sight. And then they turned to each other. They said to one another, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? So Cleopas, 
And this other disciple got a big surprise. Not of the David kind, but the Jesus kind. Jesus is alive, right? They saw him and recognized him in the breaking of the bread, and as soon as they did, he vanished. And they were saying, were not our hearts burning within us? As we were walking down the road and he was explaining the scripture to us, that was a close encounter of the Jesus kind, the risen Jesus. This encounter that I've just read to you is only in the Gospel of Luke. It's not in Matthew, Mark, and John, but they knew about it because in the next three verses, it says that they returned to him and they told all of the disciples. They reported the whole thing to them. Though they had heard, but for some reason, they did not include it in their gospel. They had other, other things that they included. But they reported it to them. So while they're there, while they're in the middle of relating what happened and explaining it, what happens? Jesus. Jesus appears there with them as they're explaining what happened to them on the road to Emmaus. And, and it's not even a poof. It's not even a ding-dong, beep-beep, door, nothing. He's just there. You know, Jesus is standing in the group with them. This is the close encounter number two. two. And they're startled, to say the least. And they think he's a ghost or a spirit. Why in the world would they think that Jesus was a ghost or a spirit? Oh, yeah, they watched him die on Friday, just two days ago. They watched him die. They watched him die. Of course he's going to, of course it's going to be startling, okay? Of course they're going to think he's a ghost. But Jesus comforts them. He calms their fears and doubts. He shows them his hands and his feet, which is pretty convincing. Right? Then he eats a piece of broiled fish right in front of them. He says, ghosts don't do that, right? But they're still in a state of shock and unbelief, yet amazed and joyful. They are full of joy. You know what else they're full of? Hope. Resurrection hope. That's what they're full of. Listen for that as I read verses 24 through 33. 24 through 33. Sorry. 33 through 43. And they got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found gathered together the eleven and those who were with them. Other disciples, the women, right? Saying, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. So sometime per, during the day, Jesus had appeared to Simon Peter. And they began to relate their experiences on the road and how he, how he was recognized by them in the breaking of the bread. While they were telling these things, he, Jesus himself, stood in their midst. Right there. He's there. And they were startled and frightened and thought that they were seeing a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your heart? See my hands, my feet? It is I, myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he was saying this, when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they stood, while they still could not believe it, they just even seeing it. They couldn't believe it. Because of their joy and amazement, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it before them. Pretty convincing. Pretty convincing. But they still were having trouble believing it. But they were feeling it. It was coming. Hope. Resurrection hope and joy. 
Next, Jesus begins to teach them almost like he's picking up where he left off in the Last Supper. Then he says, it says that he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, the law of Moses, the prophets, the Psalms, and the writings about how the Christ would suffer and die and rise again on the third day to fulfill all of those things so that repentance, repentance for the forgiveness of sin would be proclaimed in his name starting there. And where is there? Where are they? Jerusalem. Starting right there in Jerusalem. So listen for that as I read verses 44 through 47. Said, now he said to them, these are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. While I was still with you. That all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day. And that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from what? Jerusalem. Beginning from Jerusalem. So Jesus gives them a review. A review of the scriptures, the law, the prophets, the writings. All the things that were fulfilled in him. And he tells them, it's all going to start right here. It's all going to start right here. It all begins here and now in Jerusalem. Then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the end of Luke okay, begins to sound a lot like the beginning of the book of Acts. And you know why, right? Because we've talked about it. Why would that be? Well, because the, the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts are a two-volume set. They're written together, right? Volume one is the life and teachings of Jesus Christ, which we're finishing that series today. The other is the book of Acts of the Apostles and the early church, which we did a couple of years ago. So Luke 24, verse 48 through 53, and Acts chapter 1, verse 1 through 9, together are kind of this great commission of Jesus slash Luke. So listen to the last six verses of the Gospel of Luke as I read it. And pay attention and listen for the elements that are in it. He says, you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. But you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So there are his witnesses. He's sending the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit. But stay in the city. Don't go anywhere until you get it. And he led them out as far as Bethany, which is very close to Jerusalem. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he parted from them and was carried into heaven. It was the ascension. And they, and they, after worshiping him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy and hope, if I might add. And they were continually in the temple praising God. Okay, now listen to the first nine verses, okay, verses one through nine of the book of Acts. And listen for the overlap. Listen for the similarities. Some of I just pointed out to you and what is covered and written in there. Listen as I read. It says, the first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach. So what's he saying right there? This is the second volume, okay? He's talking about Luke. The first account I composed, it was Luke, is about all that Jesus began to do and teach, the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. Until the day when he was taken up into heaven, 
which we just heard, and after he had, by the Holy Spirit, given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he also, pre he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs. We just read about that. Appearing to them over a period of 40 days. That's new. And speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. So it wasn't just resurrection day like it was in Luke. But they said over a period of 40 days. Jesus appeared to them. And some of that's in some of the other gospels as well. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem. We just heard that, the end of Luke. But to wait for, the, for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard from me, it's the Holy Spirit. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, asking Jesus, Lord, is it time that you are, is it the time, this time that you are restoring the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even the remotest part of the earth. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up. And while they were looking on, okay, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Did you hear the connection? Did y'all hear it? Did you hear how many things overlap at the end of Luke and the beginning of Acts? He says, I'm sending you the promise of the Father. And what's that? Right, the Holy Spirit. Sending you the promise of the Father. He said, you're, gonna, you're witnesses of these things. He also says in Acts, you shall be my witnesses. And he sends the promise of the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Then it's the commission. To go into all the world. He says you'll go to all the nations starting in Jerusalem. Here he says it starts in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. Even to the uttermost parts of the earth. It's the commission. And then the other two things. He ascended at the end of the Gospel of Luke. And then he ascended here in the book of Acts. All of these things are at the end of Luke. And at the beginning of the book of Acts. Because it's a transition from one volume to another. Luke wants us to be aware of all of those things. He wants us to be aware of all of those things. What I want you to walk away with today is, is what we just talked about. Those things are all very interesting. But what I really want you to walk away with today is resurrection hope. I want you to experience resurrection hope, the hope of the resurrection, the hope that comes from knowing that Jesus was raised from the dead. You see, Jesus died. He was dead. He wasn't faking it. He was dead. Crucified, dead, and buried. But he did not stay dead. He did not stay dead. This is a keystone of the Christian faith. He did not stay dead, and neither shall we. Neither shall we. That's resurrection hope. Jesus is alive. As surely as the sun is alive, we will rise. We will live. That's resurrection hope. Jesus said, after, before, he rose, before he raised Lazarus from the dead, he was talking with Martha. And, and she said, if you, hadn't, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She just kind of threw him under the bus, right? And Jesus said, oh, your brother will rise. Oh, she says, oh, I know he'll rise again on the last day in the resurrection. And she said, no. She said, I am the resurrection and the life. 
Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Then he asks the question, do you believe this? Well, John Blake believes that. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Okay, that's resurrection hope. That's resurrection hope. In John 4, verse 19, Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Because I live, you shall live also. What's that? That's resurrection hope. In chapter 14, Jesus said, in my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. He says, for I go. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And Thomas says, Lord, we don't know. He said, and you know the way where I'm going. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? And Jesus said, oh, I'm, I'm the way and the truth and the life. It's resurrection hope. Jesus said, I have prepared a place for you, and I'm going to bring you. So where I am, there you may be also, because I am the life. That's resurrection hope. His tomb was empty, but it was full. The tomb was empty, but it was full of hope for Peter, for the eleven, and all of the others, and all of us. It's full of hope. The angel said, why do you seek the living one among the dead? Why are you here? He is not here, but he is risen. He is alive. Because he lives, we will live also. He is risen. 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 